This is the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. On the third edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast for 2016, we catch up with the coach of the Great Britain Swans, Garth Nevin. We preview the Tassie versus Northern Territory state clash with Tassie coach Andy Smith. And we take a look at the West Coast Eagles versus Fremantle Dockers women's exhibition match with Julie Nichols. All that coming up on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Peter Holden, and thanks for joining us on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Just a little side note up front, we'll have a special podcast coming out in a couple of days' time, previewing the inaugural Victorian Football League women's competition for 2016, the new 10-team competition. Myself, Matthew Cox, and Katie Lambeski in a one-hour podcast, we'll be having a look at each team, plus giving our predictions on the top four, that's the teams that'll make the finals, uh, our league best and fairest, and league leading goal kicker. So look out for that podcast in a couple of days' time. But plenty to get through on today's podcast, so let's jump straight into it. Uh, just formed late last year, the Great Britain Swans, or otherwise known as the GB Swans. That's the uh, women's team for Great Britain, encompassing England, Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland. And they're hoping to uh, send a team to the International Cup in 2017. But they've got some tournaments locally to get through first. And uh, one of them was uh, just a week or so ago and that's why I've got their head coach on the line, Garth Nevin. Garth, thank you very much for joining us here at girlsplayfooty.com and uh, congratulations on winning the AFL Europe Champions League just the other weekend. It wasn't much of my doing. Um, The credit must go to the person that created the Swans or brought them up and got them started, which is Lisa Wilson, um, who, you know, there was a big drive behind the GB Swans. She's an England player. Um, I had a little bit to do with the England team last year out in Croatia um, at the European Championships. Um, I was supporting the men's team uh, as an assistant coach, and uh, then the women's team formed. And you know, it was put to me that you know would I be interested? And uh, yeah, so, I, so I've jumped on board. But yeah, Lisa kind of ran with the European uh, with the um, what was it called Champion League uh, in Amsterdam on the weekend. Um, went out there with a very good squad, or you know, a mixed thrown together squad. Um, and yeah, we're just we're just wrapped that you know first tournament, first win. And of course, there's been a big push to get some more representation from Europe into the international cup, particularly at the women's level. Um, as we saw in the uh, most recent edition in 2014, uh, there was two teams from uh, the USA, two teams from Canada, uh, Fiji, Tonga, and Ireland. And I guess a big push on to try and get not only Great Britain but some European teams into this uh, competition. Yeah, well, uh, the, the best thing about it is, I mean, for our plan and for the IC Cup next year is to get as many women playing football as possible. Um, last year saw the inaugural uh, season of the uh, London's women's competition, um, which I've, I've probably known a bit more about from afar because I'm up in Sheffield. Um, but uh, this year I'll be going down quite regularly. Um, we've got a lot of trial weekends for selection and things for this year's squad, uh, permanent or permanent squads uh, all over the country, up and down in Scotland and everywhere. Wales, uh, you know, and all over England. Um, so, yeah, we, we know there's a lot of women out there that are interested. There's a lot of women playing. I mean, the win on the weekend, I guess, just promotes us even further and, and, and ensures that there's going to be more women interested. And before we talk specifically about the GB Swans, we, we covered a bit last year AFL London and their women's competition, which had four teams. Uh, where else are you drawing your players from and where else is women's football starting to develop around the UK? 
Yeah, well, Scotland, you know, had, had a lot of women and they've got had a team for a while, so there's a few people coming from there. Um, but um, interestingly, there's, a, there's some uni teams popping up. Um, Birmingham Uni almost got enough to squad two teams. So we're now pushing them out into kind of the London League. They're not that far away. Um, there's a few ladies that have kind of been around the uni teams or in London that are, put, that are, that are drifting out into the... Um, leagues without outside of London so the AFL Central North East has got a few ladies that are popping up there um, so yeah we're just we're just trying to promote it as best we can and get as many women playing football like I said the GB Swans how did the idea come about to uh, form this team because as we said there was the Scottish Sirens there was the English Vixens so what was the idea to I guess pull this all together as the representative team for the area to obviously travel to the International Cup next year yeah, well, the England and Scotland and Wales women's team, and that, they're, they're predominantly a nine-a-side competition. So the European Championships for the women, when they play as England, they play nine-a-side. So the women's format for last year in the London League was 18-a-side, which is, you know, obviously the, the original way of playing Aussie rules. It's also the IC format. So uh, in order to try and enter that, you know, I think we just thought, well, there's a GB team. The GB Bulldogs have been formed for some time. Um, I've got a bit of knowledge about them um, and the coaching panel and all the people and quite a few of the players. Uh, so, you know, Lisa, who played for England, just thought, well, actually, you know, this is it. This is the time. I mean, I've been following quite closely the AFL's ambitions to have the Women's League next year and, and the draft and all that. Um, one of my assistant coaches, Lauren Spark, is actually an ex-Western uh, Bulldogs women's player. So uh, we've got some pretty good connections and we're hoping to kind of go as far as we can. And, of course, that was that big scoop to get uh, Lawrence Park. You mentioned played with the Western uh, Bulldogs, or was a regular player for the Melbourne University Muggers and the VWFL, and, uh, of course, uh, just dominated last season for the Wimbledon Hawks. Yes, dominated for the Wimbledon Hawks, got them all the way to the final, um, and then they just they, either, they couldn't get across the line. I think the, um, yeah, the team they're up against were too good. And uh, as as we look forward to, um, you've got the European Championships uh, coming up uh, in in the UK uh, in August. Um, how do you go about trying to pull the squad together from all over the country? Are you having different training camps everywhere? How does it all come about to try and get everyone on the same on the same pathway? Yeah, well, we've, we've been quite fortunate that we've piggybacked a lot. We're quite close to the GB Bulldogs, the men's squad, so we've piggybacked a few of their training weekends. We've set some aside ourselves. You know, we've made sure we're available to go around up and down the country, um, so to get you know to make sure we get as much cover as possible. Um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, it's going to be there's a, a pre-season cup in London coming up on the 16th of April, um, and I think that's going to be a massive draw card for us because you know I think the women, I just I love the way how the ladies' football and the women that are involved in Aussie rules. I think they keep it more organised. You know, I think you know you can't you can you can only go so far as a group of men. Um, you know, I do believe that by every good man is a great woman. So, you know, I'm married myself, uh, you know, uh, taught her the game. She loves it. And, um, yeah, I just think that the, the London League is going to be a massive draw card for us. You know, they've got so many women playing down there and the selection, not just only from there, but going up to Scotland and, and you know, all over the country and, you know, the universities is going to be a massive thing. And what number squad do you hope to be working with in the initial stages? Well, we've been collecting numbers and, and interested ladies, so, you know, I think we've, we've already pushed, we're up near the 40 mark, um, so, you know, I think if we can, if we can get further than that, that, that's fantastic, so, you know, we're just, you know, we're going from the interest of what the ladies are, there's a Facebook page, they can join us on there, um, yeah, it's, it's just growing and growing and growing, and, and as you said, you know, the, the, 
the Champions League uh, win on the weekend, you know, the women that, that, you know, went and turned up and played for GB Swan, you know, can hold their heads high. You know, they've, they've set the ball rolling, you know, they've set a standard. I think the, the women want to be a part of success. So, you know, I think the only way's up. We look ahead to August next year for the International Cup. Of course, we're talking about amateur women footballers who have to pay their way. Uh, what type of fundraising needs to be done? I mean, essentially, how much will it almost cost per player for them to be able to not only just fly to Australia, but obviously to be able to stay here for, for two or three weeks to, to participate in the carnival? Yeah, well, we've got a great general man- a manager for both the Bulldogs and the Swans. He's, he's kind of covering both roles. We've already looked into that. We do kind of know per cost to get out of this International Cup. You know, it's going to cost between two grand to two and a half grand. That's flights and accommodation and trying to get everyone out there. You know, we are asking for sponsorship. We are looking for it as hard as we can. Um, we're trying to tap up Virgin Airways or, or you know, Richard Branson. Uh, we know he's got quite an interest in football. We're just hoping that he'll, you know, jump on, you know, the Virgin, you know, UK GB uh, kind of thing. You know, we're, we're, we're massive into it. He loves his Aussie rules. Um, yeah, so we, we do. We are after sponsorship. We're looking into it. We're doing a lot of fundraisers, you know, raffles throughout the year. A lot of the clubs are now behind, and especially the London League and outside of London are right behind trying to raise as much money as they can and the awareness of the GB Swans. So, you know, we, we are. I think we're, we're on track. We know what we're doing. We've got a plan. Um, you know, we're just trying to get as much promotion and get out there as possible. Cause and just recently in Australia, we had the AFL National Female Talent Search for the uh, Women's League that will be starting next year. Uh, that included a, a number of Irish girls that were already staying over here in Australia and, of course, some girls uh, that flew over from the USA. So we know that there's obviously some strong talent in Ireland, USA and Canada. Is there a hope soon that they will be able to be pushing some uh, talent from Great Britain to trial or at least be noticed and hopefully given a shot in this Women's League, whether it be next year or the year after? Well, having seen what I've seen, Peter, I, I have no doubt that there's enough GB women that will, will get either looked at or drafted. Um, you know, I've seen the England girls team and seen them play and train in their training camp weekends last year. You know, saw them success in Croatia where they only let one goal in for the entire tournament. Um, yeah, there is some great players out there. So um, the only thing we're waiting on is a bit of, like, what is the criteria? Uh, that's to be set for the IC Cup. Uh, in terms of the eligibility for women. So if there's been some uh, British-born women playing out there in Australia, you know, where, what, what, uh, are they eligible? Um, you know, we have tapped into that. We have asked for any stats or any information if there are any, you know, UK-based or GB-based players, you know, trialling or, or playing out in Oz. Um, yeah, it's kind of probably our only missing link is, is knowing what's in Oz. Uh, you know, Sparky is a great contact and she's back and forth quite regularly. Um, but you know, it's, you know, we'll just see how we've got. Well, I mean, we aim to use what we've got here. As I said to you at the beginning, I've no doubt that the GB women's team and some of those players will will rather be drafted or looked at because they've they've got some great skill. And of course, we've been talking about the team generically, but what's some of the names that have caught your eye so far that uh, uh, not only from playing in the Champions League but uh, starting to train with the GB Swans that you think will be the the backbone of the side? Well, Pete, I've only I've only just started, so if I'm completely honest. I, I, I don't have a hold on a lot of the names. I know them by like looking at them on the list, and, and I didn't get much into the uh, London's League uh, Women's League last year. So, I mean, that, I think I might keep it as a closely guarded secret, um, and you might see some of the results come through from some of the pre-season tournaments, some of the season results uh, in London, and then obviously what we tap up in Scotland and, and all over the country. So, I'll keep that closely guarded for now, Pete, and um, I'll, I'll let you know as we get through, you know, the, the trials and throughout the year. 
well, obviously, you've got to get, get to know the players a little better. As we said, underneath you as assistant coaches, you've already got uh, Lauren Spark and Ian Mitchell. Um, how far does your network spread about people that you can call on and contact that when you're not at games that you're able to try and get that feedback of who looks like, who has the potential of playing for the GB Swans? Yeah. Yeah, we're dropping in. I mean, we've talked about Sparky. Ian Mitchell is a is an, an ex GB captain um, and has been down to the IC Cup in in Oz. Um, you know, he he still got some ambitions himself to keep going, um, and he has got the skill and talent. But he, he's been around running clubs in England for well, quite some years. Um, but what we have committed to is any anything that's on girls footy wise that there's some representation from one of us as the coaching panel. Um, and then also we've got some senior senior players. So like I said, the Lisa Wilsons of the of the, of the set up GB that you know we also looked upon looked to upon to get that information. You know she's given us great feedback about the weekend. You know the players to keep an eye on the players that you know will still play will still be very committed to the cause. Um, so yeah, we've got people in in all areas. Um, I'm probably going to reach out to Scotland and, and through Lisa. There's a few of the players that played uh, on the weekend. Um, and set them up as kind of my eyes and ears up there um, when I'm not there. Uh, but yeah, we, we we do we do have a lot of people and a lot of connections. Um, they just I've just found over here they love the game. So the girls are just so passionate and uh, so committed. Well, Garth, just before I let you go, um, we obviously need to know how can people uh, contact the GB Swans, of course, if they're looking to uh, offer their support as a volunteer over there in the UK or obviously when you come out to Australia in August or, again, uh, hopefully if someone's looking to chip in some sponsorship money and help the girls out. Yeah, awesome. I mean, we've got a website. Uh, you know, um, the GB Swans have got a website. If you just Google search GB Swans, um, you'll find the Bulldogs and the Swans. Uh, it's a great web page there with all the information. You can even kind of sign up your interest. You can even contact us through that. Uh, and then also, obviously, there's Facebook. There's a lot of communication through Facebook. There's a lot of talk, and, and you know, you can commit yourself to coming down and giving it a go or being part of a squad. Um, we, you know, all abilities are welcome. We don't send anyone away. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Facebook and the internet, the web page, uh, would probably be your best avenue. Um, and yeah, we just love to hear from anybody that has an interest, you know, sponsorship, welcome, and, and players, and, and even supporters, you know, parents and families. We, you know, we want to invite everyone around. So, yeah, everyone come along. And I thank Garth very much for his time. And don't forget to look for GB Swans on Facebook and uh, get behind them as they prepare for their campaign to head to Melbourne in August 2017 for the International Cup. Okay, now let's move back home and check out the uh, state versus state footballer action that's happening between the Northern Territory and Tasmania. It's happening uh, Sunday, April 10th at the Peanut Farm Reserve in St Kilda. That's right, the Northern Territory versus Tasmania in Victoria, a neutral venue. And I've got on the line the head coach of the Tasmanian Open Women's side in Andy Smith. Andy, thank you very much for joining us. And, uh, mate, you must be uh, relaxed that finally, after all the off-season, and all the preseason, it's just about here, uh, a couple of weeks away. Your big state game. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's only a couple of weeks away, and yeah, we still um, still got one more um, final selection before we pick our final twenty-two. But yeah, looking forward to it. What's it been like trying to pull together um, your resources in Tasmania? Um, if we look at the other states, everything's pretty centralised. Uh, in Victoria, most suppliers obviously coming out of Melbourne, uh, for example, in WA and Perth, South Australia, Adelaide, etc. For you, how difficult is it to try and bring the cream of the crop together, how evenly they are spread throughout Tasmania? Yeah, well, we've got, we've got three academy hubs, one in the north, one in the northwest, and one in the south, and they've all got about 20 girls um, in, that, in that, their programs. And... Um, 
basically after that we just invite the, the better ones out of the academy programs in for a state selection process, which will be one more week before we finalise our team. Uh, and what coordination has to go into that and delegation on behalf of yourself to other coaches to run those particular camps? Yeah, well, the, the academy programs have all got a set... We've got, well, the academies have all got a set, set program we run through. So the, the three hub coaches, myself and the one from the north and the one from the northwest, all run through the same same program week by week with the girls. So it's a six-week program run out over, over eight weeks and it's all, we're just doing basically very similar sessions. So the progress from week one to week four is all the same through all the academies. For yourself, what have you noticed uh, different from last year, how you've been preparing for state for a state match compared to last year? I think the academy program has helped because, again, it's the extra time you can spend with the girls on skill development. And um, and also this year, the, the two other hub coaches, the academies are coming on as the assistant coaches for the senior program. So we've all got basically a common alignment and we've had to fast-track the girls a bit quicker than what getting them together once every fortnight. We can get together once a week and fast-track them a bit with their skills that way. And also you had uh, just recently the uh, AFL National uh, Female Talent Search occur in Hobart. Were you able to uh, pick up any uh, young women out of that to add to your academy? Uh, yeah, there was. Yeah, I think we picked up four. Um, we've got a state uh, 400, 800 metre runner that we've um, invited to the academy after that weekend. So, yeah, we did pick up three or four um, from girls from that, which was good. Just having a look at some of the young girls that you've got in the academy uh, for this year. Some names are very noticeable. Elise Gamble, um, Emma Humphreys, of course, played in the exhibition match uh, last year. And, of course, uh, Sophie Townsend, who uh, was captain of the kickstart side. Yeah, yeah, those three, those three in the academy programs. Sophie's um, probably not going to play state. She's probably going to play focus on Woomera's in the 18s. Um, so she she won't play with us in the state program, but um, Elise definitely will, and um, and Emma definitely will. Has there been any late bolters that have surprised you that now they've been given the chance at the academy that uh, that might be in the mix for selection? Oh, definitely. The, the four girls that we brought in are all are still uh, or they're still in the twenty eight, and we've got to trim that down to twenty two. So they're they're still all there about um, for final selection. So yeah, they're, they're definitely chances. We sort of. Um, Putting a side up together to basically give the girls the best opportunity to get drafted. So we've gone for a few more athletes um, against some of those that, that might have a few more footy sparks, but not the um, not the athleticism to go with it. Looking at this game against the Northern Territory, it's a little bit unusual because you're not playing in Darwin. They're obviously not playing in Hobart or, or Launceston. You're meeting on neutral ground in Victoria. So for you, what will that mean? What will that preparation mean setting up uh, to, to take them on in St Kilda? Uh, the Preparation for us probably wouldn't change, would, like, depending on where we play, wouldn't change too much, given that we can't really, we're playing up there, we couldn't acclimatise too much down here. Basically, it's um, the biggest thing we'll have to, they're coming off the end of their season, so they've had 16 weeks of season, so they're going, we've had sort of match practice, is just doing practice match, and so we've tried to simulate a fair bit of game simulation stuff at training to get that to get that work into the girls so that they're not going to be underprepared when we go to, go to St Kilda in a couple of weeks. One interesting thing, of course, is uh, I guess the communication that you might have to have with those out of New South Wales. And the reason I say New South Wales is the AFL have started to outline what the National League might look like next year. And it appears from um, the early drafts that the girls that might get drafted out of Tasmania will be part of whatever team they choose out of Sydney. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, oh, the communication I mean, wouldn't make any difference with Melbourne or Sydney where it doesn't really... The communication is still be the same. Um, I think the girls are excited that they'll be that they 
the numbers that potentially could get drafted. Um, there's a lot of excitement amongst the group in the academies that like there could be a fair few, not just not just one Emma Humphreys or one Elise Campbell. There could be like half a dozen girls if they're good enough to get notice for um, for draft selection, which is good and basically builds up the enthusiasm around the group and um, makes them challenge themselves. I guess one advantage that you do have on the uh, Northern Territory, as you said, even though they were playing uh, throughout what was dubbed as your off-season, they play on the wet season up there in Darwin. Of course, they streamed their grand final recently, so I guess you've been able to have a sneak peek at some of the players that you might be coming up against. Yeah, I, 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 watched, I watched the game. Um, yeah, definitely watched the game. Also, um, uh, my daughter played up there a couple of years ago, so she knows a fair bit of the talent there, so better to find a little bit of background out on, of some of their, um, their better players. And uh, heading into this game, is, is last year talked about a bit. Uh, it, it certainly wasn't a result that you wouldn't have liked, um, only kicking the one behind. I, I guess on a positive, you did get Emma Humphreys drafted out of that game. So what is the psychology going into the Northern Territory game? Is it to make amends or it is not discussed as forgotten what had happened last year? Um, we're, we're a completely new group. We're, we're like Some of the girls we bring in weren't even involved in that process. We haven't talked about it. I mean, yeah, some of the senior players are still hurting that we got we're smashed up there. But um, no, we, it's, we're a new group, new coaching set up, and we're just looking forward to this game. So, and we don't bring history into what happened. We can't control what happened. That was six months ago, or eight months ago. So we're not worrying about that. We're focusing on what we can do against Northern Territory in a couple of weeks. And uh, normally you're aligned with the Northern Territory uh, in the under-18s when it comes to youth girls carnivals, but uh, it's different this time around. Yeah, it is, it is. It's, um, and it's a good thing too for the, for the youth girls that we get our own, um, our own side in and so the Northern Territory. So um, it just gives more op- girls opportunities to perform on the big stage sort of thing. So, no, it's, it's really good. And it gives more girls here things to aspire to, to get a state jumper, which is good. Now, for the other states, um, at the moment, they've got what I call their possible v. probables match at the moment as they become to form their state sides later in the year, come in uh, May, June, July. Uh, for the Tassie girls, because it'll be over and done with so early, what will happen after April for the senior women? Will there be still some type of high-performance training as they continue throughout their regular TWL season? Um, um, well, 18 still go for another, another month after this, and I assume that ones that we looked at might get potentially drafted will probably still continue continue with the 18s program um, just to add some bit of experience around the group too so I can teach the 18s girls um, a bit more what's required at the highest level I guess and I thank Andy very much for his time and wish of course the Tassie girls all the very best against the NT in Victoria and joining us on the line here at girlsplayfooty.com East Fremantle forward and WA women's footy media personality Julie Nichols. Julie thanks for joining us <laughs> Uh, that's very kind of you. How are you going, Pete? Well, it's good to have you on board. And uh, for the WA footy season, um, do we say it's two or three weeks away? Because on, uh, I think it's April 17, you kick off for the league season. But the week before, which we're going to be talking about, is the uh, big exhibition game between the Dockers and the Eagles. Yeah, that's right. It's a hugely exciting time in, in footy in WA here. I know the reserves are starting the day after that big match on the 10th. So there's a lot of reserves girls pretty excited for that and then the league starting on the 17th but I think all the attention is definitely going to be on the 9th of April down at Domain Stadium where we're going to see the very first clash between the women's West Coast Eagles team and the Fremantle Dockers obviously before the round three AFL game between uh, West Coast and and Frio which is a huge huge thing in uh, two two team towns like Perth the Derby so it's a great opportunity for those girls to play as the curtain raiser. 
And what I'm amazed at is those teams that will go through were only just posted uh, in the bigfooty.com forums uh, this afternoon and already the banter and the argument has started between the Eagles and Docker supporters over who gets the bragging rights with their women's teams. Yeah, that's right. They're very, very passionate supporters over here. And, and I think because the men's uh, currently, West Coast had them uh, for a lot of years and, and Fremantle have come back and it's fairly even now in the head-to-head clash between the men. So... I think those supporters for both of those teams are excited that the women uh, are going to be wearing their brand of jumper and are looking forward to seeing how this clash pans out. Before we go through the sides, a couple of players that are just frightfully unlucky, of course. Uh, we know the story of Tia Haynes. Uh, she's coming back still from, from her injury from last year. And uh, Kirby Bentley uh, just uh, recently went in for a knee Rico as well. Yeah, that's, it's a huge shame for Kirby. She um, it was a innocuous accident down at uh, the Talent Academy and um, she's just had a surgery. I've, I've spoken to her on the phone when it first happened and, you know, she's an absolute professional, Curbs, and, you know, she's already had a rock. Um, she's, she's probably just about running again. That's how hard she works. Um, you know, and it is. It's a, it's a huge shame for her, but I've got no doubt that she'll do everything she can to give herself every opportunity for, for 2017. And, and Tia, again, you know, just working hard, I think, um, you know, everybody knows what a shame that was that happened uh, in her situation. But again, an elite athlete, somebody who's going to be working super hard to get back on the park. So although it's a shame for those girls, uh, you know, the future's still there for them. Let's have a look at both sides and let's first of all talk about the two captains and your opinion on those. Uh, Juddy, Cara Dunellen, uh, the WA State captain, will be the Eagles captain for the game and Renee Fourth from the Coastal Titans will be the Fremantle Dockers captain. Yeah, that's a huge opportunity for both of those girls. Uh, great picks, I thought, personally. You know, Juddy, uh, her uh, reputation speaks for itself and um, just a consummate professional obviously led the WA team last year. And, and then Renee Forth, um, you know, terrific leader down at the Coastal Titans. And, you know, she's had some terrific games in the AFL exhibition games and, and a definite leader and also announced recently as uh, one of the ambassadors for female football in WA. So, you know, they couldn't have chosen probably two better people and really looking forward to seeing how they lead their team. Some good experience in the uh, Fremantle side. And, and first of all, I look up forward and Sabrina Frederick-Torp, who, of course, uh, kicked those three goals in the match for uh, Melbourne uh, uh, last year in that TV game. She'll be pulling on a Frio Dockers jumper. Uh, she's an imposing force at centre-half forward. Who do you expect can handle her? Yeah, I sort of thought that maybe somebody like Taylor Breslin, who was a former Peel teammate, uh, may go to her, a terrific half-back. It's got a bit of height. Um, she'll make a great contest and you know I think somebody like Taylor Breslin will probably have a go at Fabs but she's been working hard over the summer and, and I think she's probably got an exciting year ahead of her. And of course the the, the wise head of Jessica Wuchner who will be working the flanks uh, she's on the Frio Dockers side who do you expect to run with her from the Eagles? Yeah well she's an interesting one she really doesn't mind roaming up she's got that beautiful long raking uh, left foot kick and She'll actually work really well alongside Sabrina, I think, um, and potentially with the likes of, of uh, Mel Caulfield, um, who's been spending a bit of time down forward over the summer. So, you know, you might see those three working really, really well together. Wish is a hard one because she hasn't got a lot of height, but um, she's a very clever player. So, you know, it's, it's probably going to be the likes of a Hayley Miller or, 
well, maybe an Emma Swanson, um, and you've also got the option of, of a Caitlin Edwards, and those three are very, very attacking halfback players for the West Coast Eagles team, so you might find that one of those will go to them. Um, Wish has got to be somebody that they have to watch, they can't just let her roam around. She picked up a lot of possessions uh, for the Bulldogs last year, so, you know, definitely one to watch. Uh, one player that's had a lot of raps about her is uh, Courtney Eugle. Yeah, Court, she's a terrific young player, plays for Swan Districts, um, someone who's come through the under-18 system and really wraps for her to get this opportunity. Um, she just loves the contest, has a real appetite for the contest and you know, I hope that she takes this opportunity. She's got huge potential and yeah, I really wish her well, uh, particularly for this game. Uh, one player that impressed me during the uh, WA versus uh, Victoria match, which she won by uh, just a handful of points at Subiaco last year, was Lara Filicamo. Yeah, Lara, she's uh, she certainly one that loves to get into the contest as well. She uses a body around the ground and um, tends to pick up possessions as well. So I'm not sure where they're going to uh, place her in this side. Um, you know, there's, as soon as you're putting a few, together, few players together that have play similar positions, you know, you're not quite sure where they may fit out. She's probably a, a quite a strong defender, so we may see her roaming across half-back or even a little bit deeper in the pocket. I mean, just reel off the names here in the Eagles side that have had AFL experience. I think you're talking about Green, Lug, Randell. Um, you're throwing there Miller, Danellan, Swanson, Gibson, Edwards. Gibson. Yeah, and Phillips yeah. as well, just, just to name a few. Yeah, they're a quality quality side on paper, West Coast. Um, huge number of midfield options through there. So, you know, I think they'll be able to switch it up really well. Um, I think Martine and, and Nicole are going to have their work cut out for them when it comes to that. And they're a really hard running team. Um, and then you've got the, the X factor in a, in a Chelsea Randall that, you know, can tear a game open. Uh, potentially running across half forward there and you know they're going to have to watch her as they would and that again maybe Ebony Antonio may need to pick her up great in the air and strong hands and you know if if I saw those two line up against each other at the main I'd be uh, pretty happy with that contest. And you've got to keep an eye out for Kira Phillips as well it just seems to lurk around the forward line and just you know has that knack just to snag one when you're not paying attention. Yeah absolutely I really really love to see Kira get out there and have a consistent four quarters of footy. I think we've seen her in the exhibition games. She sort of comes in and out and, you know, last year we saw that uh, that snap to kind of t- to take the lead and yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting with her. I think this is going to be a huge opportunity for her and she's going to be potentially roving off uh, Trish Lake who was the leading goal kicker for the WA Women's Football League uh, last year, so a really strong target up there and you know, Kira could uh, find herself front and centre and uh, snapping a few of those beautiful goals that she's well known for. Who do you expect to be uh, in the engine room for both sides? Oh, uh, yeah, look, I think um, you'd probably find a Hayley Miller and um, a Gibbo potentially. She often has been playing um, half forward, but she could push up. Uh, maybe Emma Swanson, who's uh, playing for the Sharks this year, and I've seen her do a lot of good work over the off-season. Um, and Bree Green, who... I think with the Melbourne team, she came in and, and was probably a bit more of a tagger, but um, she loves to run for the footy and, you know, she's definitely one that's got another appetite for the contest and I think you'll see her running through there. And, and then Captain Juddy, you'll probably see her um, have a bit of time in the middle there as well. Like I said, they've got loads of midfield options. Um, 
what they choose to go with, I think, you know, won't stay there too long. I think they'll be able to switch it up quite often. Um, for the Dockers, I think you'll see Renee Force probably running through there. And I really hope to see young gun Ashton Hill, who's a two-time reserve best and fairest winner. Huge opportunity for her. I would love to see her running through that midfield. Um, and I'd even like to see a Melissa Caulfield. She has been spending a lot of time down forward, uh, obviously coming back from her knee injury, but a super smart player, probably underrated for how intelligent she's on the football field. And I'd love to see her running there. Her pace is just outstanding. I'd love to see her get a, get a touch through the midfield there. Uh, Kiara Bowers and Emma King not listed in those uh, respective sides. And without King being there, I guess it asks the question is because she's been so dominant, who is the second best ruck woman in WA? Yeah, I think that's um, probably one for everybody to have a bit of a think about. You know, the, the ruck position in most states is uh, generally not loads and loads. So you might see people like uh, Sabrina or Kira Phillips from both sides have to jump in there and and take over some ruck duties. Um, But, yeah, I think that's going to be one of the most difficult options for both coaches. Um, You know, there isn't a lot of ruck stocks throughout Western Australia. Kingy, without doubt, is one of the most outstanding. So without her being available for this game, yeah, somebody's just going to have to step up. Now, just looking a little further ahead out of this game, uh, the best 22-23 will get selected for WA, and uh, they will take on the Western Bulldogs uh, Sunday, June 5th at Eddie Had Stadium. And that Bulldog side, of course, is the Victorian-based Bulldogs. Um, and we should point out that um, a number of the WA girls uh, particularly played for Melbourne uh, in the exhibition game uh, over the last couple of years at Eddie Had Stadium, 2014 and the 2015 TV game. And they actually did exceptionally well on Eddie Had stadium when we talked about the likes of Randall and Frederick Traub so they certainly have no fear of that ground and uh, might be even favourites going in against the Bulldogs. Yeah which is very unusual because the uh, shape of the ground is a little bit different um, you know than the MCG and I know that the WA girls have definitely um, loved running out in the MCG and it is a different different sort of uh, dimension ground and I know that they really enjoy the idea of uh, the roof up ahead and it's just a completely different environment and it probably um, you know, makes them work just that little bit harder. It's terrific for our girls to get those opportunities to run out on, on those AFL grounds and you know, I think it's going to be a fantastic contest uh, on the 5th of June. And just before we let you go for the Dockers and Eagles game, can we get a tip? Yeah, look, being a West Coast Eagles supporter my whole life, um, I was pretty rapt to see their side get named. I think it's on paper um, is an outstanding side and the Dockers are going to be certainly up against it, but they've got some quality players in there as well. I think it's just going to be for them about how they will come together on that day. Um, but I can't go past the West Coast Eagles for this game. They're going to kick them by 24 points for this one, but... More than anything, I'm just really looking forward to that opportunity to see those girls running out there in, in you know, two clubs in Western Australia that have just got huge supporter bases and I really encourage everybody to get down there, to see them run out on the 9th of April and, and really get behind uh, these exhibition games this year. And, of course, we're all certainly hoping for a close contest. I know you've picked 24 points, but it's always a good one if we can get it below a goal. Yeah, always good. Always good to have a, a, a close game. Um, I just really think that West Coast are probably going to uh, run this one out. Well, Julie, thank you very much for joining us here on girlsplayfooty.com. Uh, we hope for that close contest, and we wish you personally all the very best with your uh, East Frio side in the WAWFL season for 2016. Thanks so 
much, Pete. Appreciate it. And that wraps up our podcast for this week. As I said at the start of the podcast, keep an eye out for our special edition girlsplayfooty.com podcast previewing the inaugural VFL Women's State League for 2016. We're having a look at all 10 sides. Myself, Matthew Cox and Katie Lambeski. That's coming out in the next couple of days. And of course, uh, don't forget Sunday afternoon to tune in 1.30pm Eastern Devils versus St Kilda Sharks here on girlsplayfooty.com. I'm Peter Holden. It's been a privilege having your company. And until next time, it's bye for now.